Thank you very much, Jacob and Marion, for your ministry. Uh, thank you, Claudia, for your wonderful words, your help, very, very helpful words. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, I want to say a, 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 a special welcome to, we have a brand new baby in our midst this morning, and uh, Connie's grandbaby, and, and the baby, baby's name is Kalia, and Kalia is a daughter of Christopher and Kalise, Christopher and Kalise who are with us today, so God bless you, and um, wow, what a wonderful blessing, new life. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Welcome, Christopher and Connie. God bless you again. Yeah, let's give my hand. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, everyone. And we do have some prayer prayer needs this morning. Um, uh, we have a couple couple uh, deaths um, to speak of. Uh, Carol uh, is a daughter. Carol. Uh, Carol Hudson's daughter passed away uh, this week, and then uh, very sad news also, <sighs> Mama Brown, and, uh, and Antoine's mother, Antoine is here today, and uh, yesterday about 1 1.30, something like that, um, went into the hospital and had a cardiac arrest. So we want to pray for for Antoine. Right. Father God, thank you that you do comfort us. As Claudia said, Lord Jesus, you're here to, to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And Lord, um, we pray, I want to pray for Carol to begin as her daughter passed away this week. We just pray your Holy Spirit, Father, be, a, be with Carol, Lord, and help her to just, you know, that to, to, she knows that uh, her daughter was a believer, is a believer. Thank you. Comfort her with those, those thoughts, Lord, and just uh, give her the support she needs and the comfort she needs. Let your Holy Spirit just minister to her, minister to her in her grief, please. And Father, for our brother Antoine, uh, his mom, Lord, who he loves so dearly, and who we all love. Mama Brown, Lord, um, and we're all going to remember her, and uh, thank you for her. And we just pray for Antoine. We just pray that you help us to, to um, you know, love him as our brother, uh, give him your comfort, uh, give him your help in this time of need, Lord. Um, Jesus, just hold his hand, walk with him, uh, help him to know uh, that you're there. Lord, you said, uh, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus, uh, just walk with him and strengthen him. Give him uh, comfort and support at this time, Father, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, everyone. So, times of joy and times of grief, huh? I mean, that's what the Ecclesiastes says, isn't it? There's a time of grief, time to mourn, and time to rejoice. Um, this morning, this morning, as we, uh, we're going to look into God's Word for our hope and for our help, uh, we're going to uh, 
continue in our, in our book of, uh, of Acts, so you might want to get ready for that. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. And, um, you know, we just started in this book of Acts, and, uh, you know, we're reminded how the, the, the Christian church all began. We saw that last week. We saw how the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, remember? And uh, believers were given the gift of tongues to speak in foreign languages, languages that they, did not, they previously had no understanding um, uh, of. But this was a miracle of God, a God's, God's work, God's miracle. I want to ask you this. As in, how many have ever taken a, cl a class in uh, speaking in a foreign language? How many have ever taken a class? Uh, okay, okay. As in, how, many how many are fluent in that language? <laughs> I think one may be over here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes. You know, I took a class. I took classes in, in Spanish in high school. And uh, I took a class. Actually, I took a class from my wife just before we got married. She takes, and she still does it, a, a night class on speaking Spanish. So I took her class. And she flunked me. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it does, it does. It takes, you know, it, it takes months and even years, really. And you really got to apply yourself to, uh, uh, to learning uh, a new language, to learning a foreign language, to mastering it. Uh, one of the... Uh, one of the apps that is out now, one of the most popular apps today, is called Rosetta Stone. Anybody heard of Rosetta Stone? It's yeah, it's a um, app to teach you. You know, to, to you can learn a new language, and they Rosetta Stone says uh, they are there to help you master the language you've always wanted to learn. Rosetta Stone. It's uh, you know, it, it's a course that takes its name from a famous stone. That was found in Rosetta, Egypt. And that's how it gets its name, Rosetta Stone. Now, this stone was discovered back in 1799 by Napoleon in his uh, French army. They dug it up in Egypt. And uh, it has three languages on this stone. Uh, languages, and, and they all say the same thing. It has the same message. It's in uh, hi, uh, Egypt, Egyptian hieroglyphics. Another ancient Egyptian language, and it is in uh, classical Greek. The thing is this. It was written in about 196 B.C. And the languages that are carved into that stone, uh, the hieroglyphics, no one on earth knew how to, uh, you know, when they discovered it, how to translate hieroglyphics. This is back in 1800. So then... The, uh, the, the, the British went to war with the French. Napoleon lost the, the war, so the British came and they, and they took the stone. And they took the stone and they hauled it over to London. And for 23 years, scholars puzzled over this stone, hieroglyphics. What does it mean? You see, hieroglyphics, you might be familiar, is written in pictures, in, in little symbols and pictures. And uh, so this one, they, they, they puzzled over it. And this one scholar by the name of... Jean uh, Francois Champollion uh, uh, studied it and he puzzled over it for two years. And he was, an, he was a fluent in modern Egyptian and he was fluent in uh, classical Greek. So he used that knowledge to try to 
piece it together, this, this uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics, because remember, no one in the world knew how to translate it. So little by little, you know, so it took him uh, 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 weeks and even months to figure out one little character, you know, what it meant. But, you know, a, as he went along, things got faster and faster, and the, he, he, he learned, he, you know, uh, the characters were coming fast and furious, and he, was, and he finally, he finally, he finally got it all. And he was, able, he was able to translate. He was the only one in the world to be able to translate hieroglyphics. But he did it. But he did it. Now, he would have never discovered, if they had never discovered the Rosetta Stone, his breakthrough would never have happened. The stone was the key. The stone was the key. There is a science called cryptography. Cryptography is the art of writing and uh, solving codes like the Rosetta Stone code. And those that study and study cryptography say the possession of the key is critical to understanding the message. The possession of that Rosetta Stone, the key in understanding the language of hieroglyphics was found in the message of the Rosetta Stone. The key to understanding God's Word is found in the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the key. You know, the Jews for hundreds of years were trying to understand uh, the, the... the prophecies of the Messiah. They were waiting for the fulfillment of what was foretold. Who would he be? What would things be like when he came? Trying to understand. Uh, uh, and then, and then, and then, as we're going to see, as we're going to see, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit fell. The Holy Spirit fell upon believers, as we just talked about. And the, and, and, and the believers, uh, they began to speak in tongues. And the tongues of foreign languages. And this was all uh, so, uh, uh, I mean, this was a great, people didn't know what was going on. So Peter stood up and he explained what was happening, that Jesus was the key. He was the key to what was happening. So let's go ahead now, if you're ready, let's go ahead and read this uh, occasion of uh, uh, at Pentecost. So we're going to read Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 24. Acts chapter 2, verses 14 to 24. And it says this. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live here in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this was what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on your servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days. And they will prophesy. 
I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on him. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. This was all, amen, this was all happening because of Jesus. This was all happening because of Jesus, the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the speaking in tongues, the declaring the wonders of God was all because of Jesus. Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, said he and the Father would send the Holy Spirit to baptize all who would believe. All who would believe in him. Jesus is the key to understanding God's word. He is the key to understanding. Jesus is the fulfillment of Scripture. He is the fulfillment of Scripture. He's the center point. He's the path that all Scripture points to. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Jesus is the key. He is the key. He is God the Word who fulfilled God's Word. And he fulfills the scripture. How does Jesus, how is scripture fulfilled in Jesus Christ? How does God's word made, how is it made complete in Jesus? We're going to look at two ways. Two ways that God's word is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the first way is this. The first way Jesus fulfills God's word is he fulfills the prophecy of God's word. The prophecy of God's word. Last week we saw the Jews that were listening to the, to the disciples that were speaking in tongues. There was a divided response. You remember? There was a divided response. The, the, these Jews had come all from other nations, and they were hearing the message of God's wonder in their native tongue. Now, some were open, and they, they wanted to hear, and they wanted to understand, but others were closed. And all they wanted to do was make fun. They wanted to make fun. Under the disciples. They, they claimed that they accused them of being drunk. They said these people are drunk. And, and uh, they accused them. And then Peter stood up. Peter stood up with the other apostles. You remember this also included Matthias who was just replaced Judas. So he stood up with the other 11, all 12 apostles. And Peter answers the critics in the crowd. He does it with boldness. And he does it. With a loud voice. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Verse 14. Peter stood. It says this. Then Peter stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice 
and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live here in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Now, the New American Standard says it even more literally. It says, pay attention to my words. Pay attention to my words. See, Peter's words were going to be words that were being spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's here in the Bible. These are inspired words of God. These are words of God spoken by the messenger of God. These are words of God given to instruct. These are words of God, the Bible says, and the word of God is for teaching, it is for rebuking, and it is for correcting. And Peter was about to do some correcting here. (laughs) He was about to do some correcting here. So here's what he says. He says this. These people are not drunk. Verse 15, as you suppose, it's only 9 in the morning. No, no, no. They are, these people are not drunk. These people, these people are not drunk. He says in verse 16, he says, this is what was spoken of in the prophet by the prophet Joel. This was prophesied. This is what you were waiting for for hundreds of years. In other words, this is a fulfillment of Scripture. Jesus is fulfilling the Scripture. He fulfills it. By the prophecy of his coming. He fulfills the scripture by the prophecy of his coming. Joel's prophecy begins in verse 17. And he says this. It says, in the last days, God will pour out my my spirit. I will pour out my spirit on all people. What does he mean in the last days? You see, the last days in the Bible... These were the days the Jews were waiting for for hundreds of years. This was the last days in God's salvation history. The last days uh, begin with the birth of Jesus Christ, according to the Bible. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says it this way. It says, in, in times past, it says, in, in, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Jesus inaugurates the last days. The last days uh, uh, spoken about. The last days begin with Jesus' first coming and they end with Jesus' second coming. The last days and the old covenant, they begin the new covenant. The last days is the era of the history of the Christian church. The last days. Jesus fulfills the prophecy by his coming in the last days. He is the fulfillment of scripture. He is the key to understand, to understanding. Now. After Jesus rose from the dead, after Jesus rose from the dead, he he began to walk. He began to walk with two men that were walking on a road on a village to a place called Emmaus. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Uh, These men... Who were, who were in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. They were talking amongst themselves about what happened and the crucifixion and all that happened. And, 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 and Jesus comes up and, and begins to walk with them. Now I'm in Luke 24, 15. 
it says this. It says, Jesus, it says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. See, by the Holy Spirit, they were not allowed, they were not allowed to recognize him at that point. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you're walking along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? Uh, what things, Jesus said, about Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth. And they told him, they told him that they had hoped that he was the Messiah. They had hoped that he was the one. But he was sentenced, he was arrested, and he was crucified. And they said, well, some of the women went back to the tomb on the third day. And the tomb, they said the tomb was empty. And the angel there told them that he was alive. And then Jesus, Jesus answers them and he rebukes them. And he says in verse 25, he talks about, uh, he says it this way. Let's listen. He says, how foolish you are. How slow to believe all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, listen to this now, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures about himself. Jesus was telling them he, he fulfilled the scripture about himself. It's a fulfillment. Jesus is a fulfillment of scripture. Jesus fulfills God's word. Now, now, as they went, <laughs> Jesus fulfills the scripture. Now we're going back to now we're going back to Acts chapter two and verse seventeen. Paul uh, uh, Peter is talking about this prophecy that Jesus fulfills. He says, "In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. God's Holy Spirit would be poured out on all people in all places, wherever anyone believes." In Jesus Christ, God's Spirit will be poured out. God's Spirit will be poured out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus said, look what did he say, verse 17. He says, you're going to pour it out on your sons and your daughters, young, young men. You're going to see visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And, and the men and the women, it, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your rank. You could be, uh, you could be male or female, young or old, Jew or Gentile, slave or free. It's for all people. Everyone. Now, it's no longer just for the nation of Israel. That's the point. God's spirit is now for all people. It's for all people. You know, if you look at verse 21 with me, we're back in Acts chapter 2. This is one of the most important scriptures in all of the Old Testament referring to the message of salvation because it says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Apostle Paul uh, takes that scripture, that very scripture in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, as he gives the salvation message, and he quotes from it. You'll find it in your bulletin. If you'd like to look at your bulletin right now, and in your bulletin there is a section there called the ABCs of salvation. 
And the very last verse, and I thank you, Cynthia, for writing, typing this in there. <laughs> uh, the very last verse, you'll see it. You'll see it. It says, for everyone who calls, you see it there, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is a central verse to the gospel message. And the Apostle Paul is quoting it from Peter, and Peter is quoting it from the prophet Joel. Jesus fulfills the prophecy of God's word by his coming, by his life, his death, his resurrection. And now he sends his spirit to all who will believe. Not only does he fill God's word by the prophecy of his coming, but he fulfills God's word by the prophecy of his judgments. We're back in Acts chapter 2, verse 19. 19 and 20, it says this. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will turn, be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of our Lord. You see, not everything Peter, not everything Peter is quoting here from the book of Joel is going to be uh, uh, happening that, that particular morning. You remember, the last days include the whole period. From Jesus coming to Jesus coming again. So now this, uh, pro these, 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 these prophecies that are difficult to interpret, these heavenly signs are, are, are connected with the second coming of Jesus Christ. They're connected to his time, the time of his return. You remember when, the, when Jesus ascended into heaven, 10 days prior to this. The angels were there with the disciples dressed in white, robes of white. And they told him, as you see him going now, he will return. He will return. And so now these scriptures are, are, are connected with the return of Jesus Christ. The first coming of Jesus Christ, he came as the Lamb of God. The second coming of Jesus Christ, he will come as the Lion of Judah. And he comes in judgment. He's going to come in judgment. Jesus will come the second time in judgment. When he comes again, it will be the day of the Lord. It will be the day of the Lord. And history will come to an end. It will be the time of judgment of all people. Jesus calls it in Matthew chapter 7, the day. It is the day. Where the motives of men's heart will be revealed. It is the day when those who claim to know Jesus as Lord but don't obey God's commands, Jesus has an answer for them. Those that, that claim Christ as Lord but what they say out of their mouth doesn't match with the motives of their heart. On the day, let's take a look, Matthew chapter 7, verse 23 and 24. Or 22 and 23, rather. Jesus says this. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. He says it this way. He says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Uh, didn't we uh, drive out demons in your name or perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. 
away from me from the evildoers. The time of the re revelation of people's hearts when God will judge the motives of our hearts. You know, we've been having some great storms in our nation this last, this period of time, haven't we? And, uh, you know, we even had our own tornado warning, didn't we? About a week ago, right? Yeah. But you can have the best warning system of the world and it will do no good if the, those who are supposed to hear it do not receive it. The Word of God gives us a warning. There will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of judgment. And on that day, Jesus says on that day, on that day, he will come again. Each person will have to answer God the Father to this question. What did you do with my son Jesus? God sent his son to save us from his wrath against our sin. The prophecy of God's word will tell us. It tells of Jesus coming again. The Bible says it this way. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 7, 8. When Christ comes again, he's going to come again in flaming fire with the powerful angels to punish those who do not know God, who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus. On that day, on that day, Jesus fulfills God's word by the prophecy of his coming, he fulfills it by the judgment of his word. Not only does Jesus fulfill scripture by the fulfilling the prophecy of God's word, but secondly, the second way he fulfills it is this. He fulfills scripture because he fulfills the plans. In, he fulfills the plans in God's word. Acts chapter 2 again. Verse 22 and 23, the plans in God's word. Peter says it this way. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was born a man accredited by God to you by his miracles, his wonders, and his signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourself know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. You see, it says it was God's deliberate plan. This was no, Jesus' death was no accident. God was not surprised by the crucifixion. This was all, as it says in verse 23, by God's deliberate plan. Everything that happened to Jesus was under God's control. So what does that tell us? No matter what happens to you in your life, remember, God is in control. You might not understand it, but you know the one who does. Amen? You know the one who does, and you know he has a plan. In all your ways, I got it. And he will make straight your path. He has a plan. Trust him. Trust him. You might not always understand it, but you know the one who does. Jesus was fulfilling God's plan. He was fulfilling the plan to die.
like a bad room might be going here. To die on the cross for our sins. Are we doing this? All right, here we go this way. To die on the cross for our sins. Verse 23. Second part of verse 23 says it this way. You ever see a man preach like this before? <laughs> Second part of verse 23 says it this way. It says, by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, you, <laughs> with the help of wicked men, you, by the help of wicked men, nailed him to the cross. Who's at fault for Jesus' death on the cross? Is it the Jews? Is it the Romans? Ah, the answer is, it's all of us. It's all of us. Jesus came to die for our sins. He took the punishment for our sins. He died on the cross. He was nailed on the cross for our sins. Amen. And Jesus did it. Why? He did it because he loves us. He did it because he loves us. Oh, I got a bit. He did it because, ah, oh, that's great. Let's give my wife, hey, how about that? <laughs> Thank you, love. Amen. He did it because he loves us. Jesus did it because he loves us. This week I had a surprising phone call from an old, old friend, somebody I hadn't talked to in 38 years. This uh, uh, lady, her name is Fu, it was Fu Tran when I first met her. She was a refugee from the Vietnam War. She came over, she was one of, you might remember, the boat people. The people called boat people. They, they, they fled Vietnam after the war on boats, so they were called boat people. The, uh, Fu, she's now successful, she has a family, she's successful with the help of God, thank God. But she came from 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 Vietnam. She came from Vietnam. Now, many of you might know, you might know someone who was in the war in Vietnam. Uh, you, some of you might have been. Some of you might have been in the war. Has anybody here uh, been in the war of Vietnam? Or, okay. All right, well, we thank God for those who were. We thank God for those who served our country in the war at Vietnam. You know, there's a, there, Bill Hybels, Pastor Bill Hybels told a story years ago about uh, a Vietnam parade in the city of Chicago. And uh, there was a newscast on that, a newscast about this parade. And a, one of the commemorations in the parade was a mobile version of the Vietnam Wall. You guys remember the Vietnam Wall has all the names of the soldiers that have died in battle. And... Uh, the newscaster was interviewing one of the, soul, one of the uh, veterans who came from quite a distance to be in this parade. And, this, and she asked him, why did he come so far to, be, to participate in this parade, parade? And the soldier told her, the veteran told her, he looked straight in the face. And he told this reporter with tears flowing down his face. Because of this man right here. And he pointed to the wall. As the soldier talked, he pointed to the name of his friend who was etched on the wall. The, he traced the, la the names of the, his friend on that wall. And the soldier continued to answer the reporter. And he said, this man, 
This man right here gave his life for me. He gave his life for me. And the news clip, the news clip ended and the soldier was sobbing. He let the, his tears flow and he was still tracing the name of his friend that gave his life for him. It was hard for him to wrap his mind and in his heart around the sacrifice that his friend made for him. So he kept retracing the story. You and I have someone who has sacrificed his life for us. Amen. The Bible says it this way, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So I no longer live, for, it's no longer I who live, but I, I live now for, by faith and in the name of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. We live, we've got to wrap our mind around that love. God wants us to understand it. Jesus is a fulfillment of, of God's word. And he fulfilled the plan by dying on the cross for our sins. And he also fulfilled the plan to free us from death. Verse 24. Verse 24 says it this way. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. God raised Jesus from the dead. Death no longer has a hold on Jesus. Death no longer has a power over Jesus. Death no longer has a claim on Jesus. That's why. That's why. Jesus can give us the assurance of life eternal. When he rose from the dead, and he rose from the dead, he fulfilled a promise. You know, you know when, when, when the women went to that tomb I talked about earlier, and the angel appeared. And the angel said to the women, he said, he's no longer here. He is risen just like he said. Jesus had given the promise that he would rise again. And so he did. And so he did. Jesus has risen from the dead. You know, death is something we all have to face at one point in time. And as we're dealing with it, and we're talking about it, and as we're praying about the ones that have passed just now, death is very real. We have, to, we have to face it, but we don't have to face it with fear. Why? Why? Because Jesus conquered death. Jesus triumphed over death. It's not, uh, Jesus, that's why he could say this. That's why he can give us this promise and, and we can hold it into our hearts. He says, John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And he who believes in me will never die. Will never die. That's the promise. Praise God. That's the promise. You know, today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. You might, you'll see that in your bulletin. This is a sad anniversary of the day the Supreme Court, 40 years ago, made the decision to legalize abortion. Thankfully, that's been overturned this year. But this is the, the day that we remember the sanctity, the sacredness of life, that life is to be protected. 
And Jesus rose to protect our lives, to protect our lives from eternal death. He said, if you believe in me, you will never die. Death no longer will have a hold on you. You will be free from the cords of death. You will be free to live with eternal life. Jesus fulfills the plan to free us from death. His plan in God's word. Jesus died for our sins, not only, not only to, uh, to die for our sins, but to free us from death. So Jesus, as we've seen, fulfills the scripture. He fulfills the prophecy of God's word. Like Peter preached in the very first sermon. You know, that was the very first sermon, by the way, of the Christian church. That's what Peter just preached right there. And he preached it from the book of Joel. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all who call upon his name. And in the last days, Jesus will return in flaming fire and in judgment upon the wicked. Not only does he just fulfill God's prophecy of God's word, but he fulfills the plan. The plan of God's word. Jesus, God's plan was for Jesus to die for our sins. He sacrificed his life like the veteran soldier sacrificed his life for his friends. We need to wrap our minds around that love. Not only was his plan to die for us, our sins, but to free us from death. Life is sacred. By trusting in Jesus, you will be protected for all eternity. Jesus is the key. The Rosetta Stone was the key to understanding the message of hieroglyphics. Jesus is the key to understanding the message of God's word and the message of God's love. Do you know him? Have you found his life? Let us live the rest of our lives as a thank you to Jesus for giving us his. Amen. Dear Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you came to this earth. You died on the cross for us. And you triumphed over death. And you give us the assurance as well that we, by trusting in you, will triumph over death. Thank you, Lord, for coming to protect us, to be with us. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling scripture. Thank you, Lord, for all who you are. So this morning, we're going to sing a hymn. If you are sensing God's call, 